Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going to share with you about back to the basics today. And I could subtitle it, The Power of Faith. And so we're going to share some things here this morning, and it won't be new necessarily. Maybe to some it might be, but some it won't be. But I'm not into just speaking something new. I'm into speaking what's on God's heart that He ministers to me. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning, and let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We open our hearts, our minds, our ears spiritually to you, Lord. Speak to us today. Minister to us. Bring a word in season, I pray. In Jesus' name, use me, Father, as your vessel to speak forth through me what you desire. Be glorified in it all, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.1. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the last days, God is saying that we need to have knowledge in the last day. We need to have understanding in the last day. I dare say if I brought a microphone around this room today and I, I would say, is this the last day? Do you think this is the last days? There'd be very few people that would say, I don't know. Most everybody, I think, can see the sign of the times and they would know that this is the end times. And not only is it the last days, but it's the last of the last days. Do you hear me? It's the last of the last days. And that's it. We're the generation. We're the generation where all this stuff is coming and, and the scripture is being fulfilled. And so he said, know this. Don't be ignorant. Know that in the last days, there's going to be perilous times that come. And this word perilous means stressful, dangerous times, hard times, and troubled times. So what needs to be happening for God's people? We need to be armed, and we need to be equipped with what the Word of God says will give us strength and the ability to overcome. Now, I think that fear, when it says troubled, now, it, it's not talking necessarily about fear, but in troubling times, I think there's a spirit of fear loose. A spirit of fear that makes everybody afraid. Now, should we have healthy respect for things? Of course we should. We don't go around, um, you know, doing things that jeopardize our life, our health, and things like that. We shouldn't because that's not very smart and that's not, God gives you a brain and so he wants you to use it. But see, the devil takes that and he brings in a spirit of fear in the lives of God's people. 
And we cannot live and encamp there on Fearful Street. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now, you're, you're looking at someone this morning that knows and understands the spirit of fear. I've shared with you all before of how when I was a, a, a young girl, I had to deal with a lot of fear. But you know, just recently, the Lord brought back to me, I didn't forget it, but he just brought it back to me how a lot of that fear got into my life. When I was a child, I can remember having nightmares about being kidnapped. Now that never happened. There was never anything like that, but I was a very small child when that happened. I, I would think maybe even five years old. And I could remember that. We lived um, in an apartment complex at that time, and uh, there we had the basement floor. That's where our home was. And I, we had steps that went up, you know, just to me at that time as a child, it was really steep set of steps. And I can remember uh, uh, waking up after a dream of being kidnapped. Somebody came into our home and took me. And I can remember them taking me up those steps and, and the horrid fear that came upon me. And when I woke up, I mean, it was terrible. And you know, you think children, things like that can't happen, but they do happen. And then I remember when I was about between, I would say nine and 11 years old, I had another experience. And in that experience, um, I um, had this horrible fear of death that I was going to stop breathing. Now, I had never heard of that before, and then uh, a number of years back, I, I read about some, something that comes to some people, and they have that fear of not being able to breathe, and I don't remember what it was called or anything, but I just remember having that experience and how troubled I was, and I knew that spirit of fear really, I mean, from being a small child, I had those experiences, but then at this point in time, it took control of my life, and it troubled me. You see, that's what the devil wants to do today. He wants to take control of God's people, and he wants to trouble them. See, I was just a, a young child. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't talk about it. I do remember a neighbor, um, and I was good friends with her daughter. She was older than me, but um, one day I went to visit my friend, and her mother looked at me and she said, Nora, what, what, what's happening? She said, you, don't, you, you look like something is wrong. And probably because I'm not sleeping at night, that's one big thing, you know, because of the fear. I'm, I'll stop breathing in my sleep. It was overwhelming, overpowering. That may not sound like anything to you, but some of you deal with fear in, in different ways, and you understand what I'm talking about. Others maybe don't. But that spirit of fear came in. And see, in these end times, I believe that the spirit of fear is working like no other time. I really believe that, bringing troubling to the body of Christ. Perilous times 
are here. They are here. So what do we do? Go, you know, go into a cave, go into our homes and never go out, never have interaction with other people, just stay withdrawn. No, that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. In, time, in perilous times, there are things for us to do that will make a huge difference, and it's fighting back. Well, how can we fight back? You're not going to do it with a gun. You're not going to do it with a sword, a, a physical sword. You're going to do it with the sword of the Spirit. You're going to do it with the Word of God. That's what the Word of God is called, a sword. And we need to be using our sword more. It's just like prayer. We can talk about prayer and everybody sings about prayer. And, uh, you know, we can share about prayer. But how much praying are we doing? We got to do it. That's the same with the Word of God. We got to do something with it. Amen? So we're in these perilous times right now, you know, uh, with dealing with this COVID, dealing with the chaos around the world, dealing with the wickedness and perversion in this nation and the criminality that is in this nation right now. All of that is here. So what do we do? How do we deal with it? Do we just throw up our hands and give up? We're facing issues in our own personal lives. Maybe your marriage is not what it needs to be. And maybe, just maybe, it stinks, your marriage. Maybe your children are wayward. Maybe financially things are not going the way they need to. Maybe you're not so good in relating to other people, Christian people, your family, Friends, maybe you're not so good in that. So what do you do? I'm going to tell you what you do. You take God's Word right here, and you find out how to deal with that issue that you have. You find out how to deal with it. Well, how do you deal with these things? It's all in this book. Whatever we face in life, it's in the book. You don't have to just listen to someone else. Now, you're listening to me today. You listen to Eddie every week. You, you know, you've got the ministers that you like to listen to, and they can preach, and that's good. But you don't need to just listen to someone else. You need to listen and read and study the Word of God for yourself and see what thus saith the Lord to you in your circumstances. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, just keep failing. That's all I know. Just keep failing. Keep dealing with the issues. But if you, want to, if you ever want to get out of it, you find what it says in the book to answer your problem, your issue, your challenge, your difficulty. You find out what it says, and then you begin to put faith in what he said. Hence, the power of faith. Okay? Let me read you something from verse number 14 in 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Good News Bible. But as for you, 
Continue in the truths that you were taught and firmly believe. And when I say go back to the basics, he said the things that you've learned, go back to those things and don't, didn't he say, keep these things before you and don't let them slip? It's amazing. I get in certain parts of the Bible and I'm just feasting on it. You know what I'm saying? I just love it. And then when I'm doing that, I can't do other things. And I'm just thinking, oh, I need to be over there. I want to go over there. I want to read that. I want to, I want to experience that. But you can't do everything. But you build it in you and you keep God's Word fresh in your heart. And so here he says, but as for you... I'm not talking to the people that you work with. I'm not talking to your family members. I'm talking to you, just like Jesus talked to us in 2 Timothy 3. But as for you, say, as for me, I'm going to continue in the truths that I've been taught. We need to say it again. As for me, I'm going to continue. In the truths that I've been taught. Now, if you come here to church, the Bible is preached. It's not a bunch of, you know, opinions. It's not any of that. Eddie is one of the best Bible teachers that you will find. And I know that you know that. Amen. Give God praise for him. And so you've been taught. And it's line upon line precept upon precept. And you know, some things, uh, when, when, they're, when they're preached and you hear them, um, it, it is something that, you know, you hear that and you know it. It may not be anything that you're experiencing right then, but that is being layered into your life. You understand layers? If you fix a cake, there's layers it's not just one layer, it's layers. You, uh, some of you ladies, maybe some men, layered salad. I love layered salad. I always fix it for Thanksgiving. And in that layered salad, you just keep adding a layer of this and a layer of that. And, a la and see, that's the way our spiritual life is. Layer upon layer upon layer. You may not need it now, but when you do, you've got it in your arsenal to fight the good fight of what? Faith. And you have to put faith in what you see from the Word of God when you have an issue and you say, okay, God, I'm going to your Word. I'm going to find out what your Word has to say about what I'm dealing with. See, instead of fretting, worrying, stewing over things, we need to go to God Find what the book says about your situation and then begin to pray it. Because why? Because God watches over His Word, not your opinions, not what you think, not what you're going to do, but He watches over His Word. What is the Word? It's the Bible, it's Scripture. Inspired Scripture. The Holy Spirit inspired this book. And so when you find it, you begin to do what it says. You begin to believe, have faith in that promise. 
I see it as like I lay hold of it. If I need healing in my body, 1 Peter 2, 24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Past tense. I was healed. Why, why would it say it like that? Because Jesus went to the cross. He took stripes upon his back <clears throat> for my healing and your healing. And so if we appropriate that, we see it, we say it, we agree with it, and we don't say other things. No, that's mine. I have faith in that scripture. That's a promise God gave to me. And see, you can take it just like that. It's a promise to you. It's his word to you. So why do some people get it and some people not? Any of the promises of God. I can't tell you that, and I don't try to figure out everybody else. You know, I, I know I've had people, well, I believe that, and it didn't happen. Well, I don't know. I don't know all that. I don't know with the ins and outs, but I know this. My God never lies. He's not a man that he should lie. If he took the opportunity to put it in the cover of this book, if he did that, then he means it's for you and for me and for all of his people, and we can appropriate it. But my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. I need a vehicle. I've got to get to work. I need a vehicle. I have to, you know, take my family here and there. Well, my God shall supply that need. How? according to his riches. Well, I, that would be real hard to happen. You need to anchor yourself in that promise. You need to anchor yourself in there. You need to say it. You need to believe it until it gets on the inside of you and you're not going to have it any other way. Now, what is faith? There's a law of faith. Did you know that? There's, in the Bible, it talks about, in Romans 3, a law of faith. And so when you work the law, the law works for you. It's just like any earthly Law, the law of gravity, it works. It works. And so the law of faith works when you put your belief into that promise that you are standing on for whatever it is that you need. You may, you may be having marital problems. You just not, it's just not what it needs to be, and you know that it's off. Find out what the Bible says, and you know what's going to happen? You're going to get faith for restoration for your marriage. Listen to this now, and you're going to find out what you need to do to change. It's, it's that way with marriage or any relationship. You're going you're gonna to find, well, I want God to tell me what's wrong with so-and-so. You need to let God tell you what's wrong with you and then let God tell them. But if you pray and you don't take that critical judgmental spirit towards the other person, but say, God, 
I don't know what's going on, but I, I just give that whole relationship to you. I ask you to help me, help look at my life, see what needs to happen, and you deal with them. And I tell you what, if you do that, God will begin to move in your relationships. And I'm telling you, relationships right now have been splintered. And you can, I mean, for a lot of people, there is no relationship. There is no connection. That's not healthy. It's not what God wants. You know, and in a home, a marriage, two people living in the house together and there's no communication and no conversation. I mean, Eddie and I, and we certainly don't have the perfect marriage, so I'm not trying to lead you into that, but we love one another and if we disagree, we work at things. You know, but we, we talk all the time. Sometimes you just need a break. <laughs> Okay, I'm going, I'm going back here and do this, and he's going to watch bots or whatever it is. Some of you know what that is, and some of you don't. I don't really care to know myself, but <laughs> all he has to do is turn that on, and you know what I do? Scatter. <laughs> it's it's uh, the same thing with all those car shows. I just say, okay, I see you. I'm going back here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's okay that he likes it. It's fine, but... You know, we do some things together, but that's not it. It's not hot rods. All right. Um, but as for you, continue in the truths that you were taught and firmly believe. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's not firmly believing. You need to firmly believe the things that you're standing for. Find the promise in the Bible and lay hold of it. It's yours. Don't let go. Even when it doesn't look like it. That's what faith is. Faith sees the unseen. Faith is not faith. If you can see it, you're experiencing it, and you have it. Faith is when you don't see it, and you don't have any idea how it's going to happen. But God and His Word will move heaven and earth to bring it to you. Amen? So we need to go back to the basics in our life. And what are the basics? Somebody want to tell me, you know, what you think one basic. Anybody want to tell me what you think the basic is? I didn't hear it. Praise, yeah. Okay, and also a basic is salvation. And, you know, we should understand our salvation. We should know about Jesus and the sacrifice he made for us. And we should be refreshed on that. Oh, I know that. I know about the cross, and I know he died on the cross. Well, we don't need to take that kind of lackadaisical Look at it. We need to cherish that old rugged cross. We need to cherish it. We need to understand about resurrection power. We need to understand that God's glory raised Jesus out of that tomb. And He'll do the same for us. He can raise us out of deadness. Amen. We need to understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to go back to the basics. Oh, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but how full are you now? That's my question. 
be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 talks about that, doesn't it? doesn't it? Be being filled. In other words, it's a continuous action. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not one time that happens in your life. You ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and then you receive, and then you get your prayer language, and then you continue on in that infilling, keeping this vessel full of the Spirit of God. We don't need to be running on empty. You know, I have this thing with my cars. I don't know what it is. I, I, I just will look down one day and I have no gas. <laughs> I just forget that I've been driving it a lot, you know. <laughs> and it gets on empty. And then it takes a lot to fill it up. But I'm going to tell you, we can keep topping off the tank, keep topping off the tank, and stay full of the Spirit. That's very important. That is a basic. And there's so many other things. And then when you get down to the very last one, I've got others here and I don't have time to, to really talk about them, but the last basic that I've got listed here is live by faith. Live by faith. Doesn't the Bible say that the just shall live by faith? The just are going to live. The just are the, those that are justified, those that are righteous, been washed in the blood of Jesus, are Christians, believers. That's who it's talking about. The justified will live, and I'll just say, by their faith. It's impossible to please God if you don't have faith. Well, I never really use my faith. Well, you know what? I, you must not have any issues or problems. You must not face any difficulties or challenges. Or what do you do? Just muddle through them? You gotta, you gotta face those things with a life of faith. The just shall live by faith. You know, I've done this before. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself too. There, there are times when I, I just look at things that are going on in my life and I'm thinking, why did I not deal with this before now? Why did I not take my sword? Why did I not take it? And begin to cut this thing up and release my faith and trust God in whatever that is to bring it to bear in my life. But then it dawns on me, and then I do. So maybe it will dawn on you today. I don't know, do you think? So when we're born again, what happens in our life is we get what is called the measure of faith. Well, I really don't have a lot of faith. Well, you get, everybody gets the same measure of faith at the new birth. Now, I understand that there's faith for equipping God's people to do certain things in ministry. I've got all that. But every believer gets the measure of faith. And then we're told that faith grows. Now, faith can grow a little at a time, a little dabble do you, so to speak. Or faith can grow what the Bible calls exceedingly. You can have a little faith or you can have a great faith. You remember Jesus looked at someone one day and, uh, and they believed what God, you know, he gave them a word, you know, go, whatever you're believing for, your son's going to be raised up or 
daughter, I don't remember which one, but whatever it was, he said, go, your faith has made it whole, made them whole, your faith. So he said, I've not seen such a faith. I've not seen faith like this. For God to, through Jesus, to take that opportunity and express that, I've not seen that kind of faith. This is amazing. And so that's the kind of faith that we need. At your word, I will believe. At your word, I will receive it as a word from you. See, just like Jesus spoke those words to people, that's what the Bible is. It's your word from God, from Jesus Christ to you. It's your word. He's no respecter of persons. You can take it. You can be armed with it, and you can move into that promise. Amen? And so you can have a little faith, or you can have a lot of faith. And how does faith come? We all know that, Romans 10. I say we all, maybe not everybody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear God's Word, the more your faith will increase and grow. And the, um, the potential for great faith in your life will continue to expand. So it's really important for us to go back to that basic, the basic of living by faith and lay hold of it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we do not see and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real, as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. And that, that goes back to the things that we're talking about. If, if you need a home for your family, and you're, that's where your faith is, that's what you believe, that you believe you received when you prayed and you had the promises of God that you laid hold of when you believe that, you don't see it, maybe. It takes time for things to happen. I want my instant potatoes right now. Well, you go ahead. Those instant potatoes are rotten, and I'm going to have the real thing. I'm going to have the real McCoy. And it doesn't come just like that. See, we're the microwave generation. I like microwaves. I use them, not so much to cook, but to heat up things. But, I mean, it's quick. I can take something out of my freezer, put it in there to defrost, and before I know it, it's done. It's defrosted. I can heat it up in the oven or, you know, whatever I'm going to do. But you believe that you receive at that particular time when you pray and lay hold of the promise. You believe it's yours, and you keep thanking God for it. Even those that your senses will tell you, you don't have it, you, you can't see it, you can't live in it. No, but that house belongs to me, it's mine. Now I'm not talking about claiming a home when you don't know. I'm talking about claiming um, in general a home. Some people, you know, I, I think it's good to, to pray specifically at times, but then there's other times you need to be open to the Holy Spirit. He can show you what you really need. Sometimes you don't know what you need. Now, I, I need three bedrooms. I want it to be nice, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I got all that. But to just go and choose, I, that's 
my home. That's my home. Well, if you got a word from the Lord, go for it. But if you don't, just allow him to bring it to you. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't live in it. But it's yours just as surely as you found that promise in the word of God and lay hold on it. Now, he said, faith is the confirmation, the title deed that you have it that it's yours. A title deed, I think we understand that. I was just talking about a home. You have a deed to your home that proves it belongs to you. Well, your faith in your life on the things that you're believing God for, that's your title deed for it to come into your life, for it to be yours. Amen? And so, do not, um, we do not see and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed. It's a real fact what the Bible says, the promises that he gives. My God shall supply all of your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, maybe somebody's here this morning. Financially, you're struggling. Get that scripture. You look it up in your Bible. Just don't take what I'm saying today. You look it up and you go to the Lord. Lord, today is faith day for that particular need. And this is my scripture. And faith is my title deed. That thing is mine. Now that sounds radical, doesn't it? And the world will make fun of you. Well, they'll make fun of you anyway. Just let them make fun of you with your home. Let them make fun of you with your vehicle. Let them make fun of you with the education paid for. Let them make fun of you as you just enjoy life. And just smile and say, it's grand. It's grand. And they can, you know, do the persecution thing or whatever they want. But that doesn't change what God does for you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder. He is a rewarder. Say, God is a rewarder. Well, God's mad at me. No, God is a rewarder. If you've done something in your life, 1 John 1, 9, confess it to the Lord. He's faithful and just to cleanse you. This is talking about believers. 1 John 1, 9 is for believers. Confess and get cleansed and forgiven and get up and keep believing. He's a rewarder for those who earnestly and diligently Seek Him. See, that's what I'm talking about this morning, this back to the basics and living a life of faith and the power that faith has in it to attract and bring things into your life. God wants people to earnestly and diligently seek Him. Oh yeah, she said that scripture. Yeah, that's mine. Well, don't be so flippant about it. You can... Maybe you do do that, but you turn in the scripture to it and you say, that is mine. This day that comes to me, whatever it is in your life, you find, whatever your need is, you find the answer to that in the word of God. Find the answer, match it up to what your need is, and then lay hold of it. 
Hebrews 11.33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Now, what it's talking about here, through faith, we obtain promises. I'm just pulling that part out. Everybody say, through faith, faith. I retain the promises. All right. Do you believe that? Well, wake up. I'll get real loud here in a minute and wake you up. So you find the promise, you put faith in it, and you obtain whatever it is. Amen. Maybe you're facing a sickness that is not just a small sickness. Find the promise where it is written in the Word of God and lay hold of it and let that be where you plant your faith and plant your feet and do not move. Some people maybe get a sentence of death from the doctor. Well, doctors have information, they have knowledge. But Dr. Jesus has the higher knowledge and the higher wisdom. And we can put our faith, find the promise in here that says you'll have long life. You'll live and not die and declare the works of God. Find the promises, then plant your feet, plant spiritually speaking I'm talking about. Plant yourself in it and let it be yours. Some of you all, You have businesses. You need some things to happen. Some of you all, you want promotions. Some of you all, you have dreams. I'm telling you how. Go back to these basics and zero in on the power of faith in your life and allow God to do some things for you. Again, you know, we can let them slip. We can know things, but we don't function and operate in those principles. And God is waiting all the time. We get our example from Jesus, don't we? And Jesus, when he was being tempted of the devil and he knew he had to overcome, what did he do? He would go back every time to the devil, and you need to do it too. You're not going to have that. This is not going to happen for you. This doesn't belong to you. You go back in faith. It is written. How can you say it is written if you don't know something specifically is written? You have to look it up for yourself. I told you, preaching is good. You need to listen to preachers. But you need to know the Word of God for yourself. You need to know and understand God's Word. It's for you today. Amen. And then, you know, one uh, part of, uh, in Hebrews 11, it talks about faith is the proof of what you do not see. Faith is the proof of what you do not see. Well, see, we want to be like Thomas. You remember Doubting Thomas? I, you know, when I was a kid, Bible, uh, Sunday school Bible lessons, you know, I learned about Doubting Thomas. And Thomas, you know, he was told that Jesus had risen. Oh, I'm not going to believe that. 
He was so hurt, wounded probably. I'm not going to believe that unless I see the nail prints in his hand, the piercing of his side. Unless I see that, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus came and he said, Thomas, you believe because you saw me and you saw the prints of those nail-scarred hands and you saw my side that was pierced and you believe. But blessed are the people who do not see, yet they believe. And see, that's the kind of people, that's the kind of Christian that we need to be. We might not see it. We can't with our senses detect it. But we believe. We believe. Say, I believe. I believe. The promises of God. They belong to me. Help me, Father. To live my life. Walking by faith. Amen. Some of you, like I was talking a minute ago, your businesses, promotions, increases, you want those things? I'm telling you how to get it. Now, that's not the only thing we believe for. You know, we pray over this church. We believe for God to give us souls in the harvest. We believe for families and lives to be changed. There's so many spiritual, there's lots of things. But I'm talking to you this morning to get back to the basics so that in your own personal life and in your family and in your sphere of influence, you can make a difference through faith. Blessed are those who do not see, yet they believe. Where are you in that? You have to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself. I want you to bow your head right now. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak and deal with your heart right now. Father, I'm praying over people that have let go of promises and dreams, have let go of the goals that they set before them, have let go of so many things in this morning. And it could have come through discouragement and just hard times, Lord. We know we're in a time of difficulty. So this morning, help them to pick up and receive from you all that they have for them. Let them be spiritually anointed with fresh oil. Let freshness come into their lives. The things that they've released let them see that they can pick it up again if it's still what you want for their life. The things that have just been plundered and stolen and people have just said, well, I'm, I'm not fighting for that. But you see this morning, you need to lay hold of that again. You need to pick it back up. Father, help them have the courage to do that to believe your promise in spite of what the devil says and what, in spite of what people say, actions that they take. Thank you, Father.
for meeting each and every person. Lord, online, meet those people. In this sanctuary, meet the people where they are. And today, Lord, I said this in the beginning. They're not leaving. They don't have to leave the way they came in. It's through decisions. Lord, if we keep doing the same things, we're not going to get different results. Open. Open hearts and minds to that. Adjustments, changes have to be made, and only they can make that decision and let it be done, Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.